Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. Give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com. Welcome to the 590 High School Sports Show. Here's your host, powered by Texas Podcast Media, Craig Irwin, Toby Tolis, and Trent Hart. And good evening. Welcome to the 590 Sports Show. Craig Irwin, Toby Tolis, Trent Hart here in the studios at Texas Podcast Media. Well, Trent, not really physically in the studios. Um. Toby, what he wasn't here last week. No, but I'm here this week. That's what counts. He Dude, is here this. After taking one on the chin last week, he showed up. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, we were worried. Like, is he going to make it? You know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. Trent, uh, Toby's a. I wasn't worried. I have plenty. I have plenty to talk about on that game, so I, I'm not worried. You're you're not worried at all. Nah, dude. We had some good, some really good games this last week. I was there like, were. I was like super stoked. Um, some of the games were were kind of upsetting, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, but there were some really, really good games that went on in Southeast Texas, and uh, you know we got obviously a lot to talk about as far as these games. Um. Trying to pull my notes up. We we had to make notes this week that way because there was so much to talk about, and I'd sent them out. But uh, we'll just start off, and, and I wanted to bring it up just for the simple fact that it was it's something said in the school history. But but Willis sets a new school record, seventy five points in a game. It previously was seventy three. Now we say that they were playing Cleveland, you know, and, and we've talked about the growth that Cleveland's had for a long time and uh how until they get some schools built and can kind of spread spread the talent out that it's going to be just absolutely impossible to uh for them to be competitive at that 6a level uh they just i mean they don't have the infrastructure for 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 where they're at you know number wise and uh 75 14 was the final the article i read i think i sent it to y'all is uh you know, Cleveland scored their 14 points in the uh, second half, late in the second half, back up, court, back up their twos and threes in for Willis. But uh, Willis is that team that we kind of been talking about. And, and Toby, you feel like that uh, they're a one-man show over there. Yeah, I, I don't don't have a whole lot of information on them. That's just what I hear. Right. And, I mean, we know how high you are on Caney Creek – or, excuse me, Conroe right now. <laughs> no, I just – feel like they were going to beat New Caney early on. So, and we're going to find out we're this week. We're going to find that out this yeah, week. Exactly. So, it's going to be interesting to see. Um other games that that went on uh Toby we'll we'll go ahead and get ours out of the way that we were at. Well, let's talk about number 2 Columbus in yeah. 3A. Well, they flexed their muscles, didn't they? Dude. So, it's two good teams. Yeah. And look who look at the Madisonville creeps into the top 10 2 weeks ago. Right, kind of holding their own. 
just dominated Livingston the week prior, That's sixty-two right. to something was the final there, and and uh, so Madisonville goes on the road to Columbus last week, big big game, one we were kind of following. You you follow that Madisonville team pretty hard uh, oh, yeah. with some kids that y'all rodeo with and such, but uh, number two, 3A Columbus, uh, yeah. Division One defeats yeah, Madisonville. Madisonville throws it around real well. You yeah. Know? So, for Columbus to win by what they won by, that shows that they they need to be in that two spot. No, it does. And, I know and, Madisonville's a good team. And it makes you think about that Columbus-Franklin matchup coming down, and we're, we're going to talk about that. Oh, absolutely. Here in the next couple of weeks, right, when we start looking at divisions and how they break down by district rounds. Yep. You know, and uh, I sent y'all a deal about Hitchcock, too. Hitchcock, that quarterback, committed to uh, Tech over there. Uh, So, uh, Columbus getting that win. Knocks Madisonville out of the top ten. I was looking at the rankings uh, today and uh, knocked them out. New Waverly, team that we didn't have picked to make the playoffs. Yeah. None of us did. None of the three of us out of that district. Well, they Uh, played with Anahuac, you know. Yeah. If you remember. That first half. Yeah. First half, it was tight. Tight game. Tight game. What was that score, Trent? Trent, you remember that score? Anyway, no, uh, no, off the top of my head, I don't. Dude, I figured, figured you had it, but I, I sent you the note. Thirteen or yeah. yeah. <laughs> so New Waverly thirteen, I think. New Waverly beats Warren forty-eight twenty-six was the final. We had Warren slipping in the, that four spot right out of that district. Right. I think we had had Newton to win the district. Newton to win it. And Anderson, Shiro two. That game's this week, yeah. Newton and Anderson Shiro. No, that was last, no, that was last week. week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Newton destroyed them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and we knew that was going to happen, right? Well, we guys? knew, yeah, we knew, we knew Newton was a far favorite out of anybody in that district. Yeah, so it's about the only pick that we got right out of any district. That ain't no lie, <laughs> yeah, dude. Got that right. You, you got to keep remi- look. We figured we were three weeks past that. What people would forget about our district picks from yeah, two weeks ago. He goes ago. and brings it up. <laughs> he brings it up. <laughs> we're we're trying to save save Trent's and face here. And uh, and, and uh, he's gonna go ahead and bring it up. But so now New Waverly's that that factor in there on making that playoffs and really shuts Warren out. Uh, at this at, point, at this probably point, yes. At this point in time, now if Warren beats uh, Coons, that's gonna that's gonna change the atmosphere, right? Right. And uh, knock Coons out of there. So now you're looking at New Waverly possibly a three four seed and Warren fighting for a four seed and Koontz is still really kind of in the driver's seat until that game gets played out of the three teams. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see out of your district, Trent Kirbyville shut Buna out 40 to nothing, just absolutely flex her muscles. Well, Kirbyville's proving to be possibly the team to beat in this district. If you look at it, I mean, despite the, the Orangeville game, which we'll get to here in a little bit when they played Anahuac this week, but Kirbyville, is I'm looking at the numbers here. They're leading in a lot of different categories, and that's including total offense for this district. Um, they're rushing the football. They're just over a thousand yards rushing uh, and almost 750 yards passing, and their heads, you know, heads and tails. Really, if you're looking at these stats, they're the ones to beat. Well, and and you know, we kind of took Kirbyville lightly. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we nobody nobody was really thinking about them. Uh, you know, they were flying. Talking about flying under the radar. Yeah. They uh, were the Wildcats were super stealth mode. Yes, they were. I mean, and we were looking at strength of schedules, kind of comparing everything to uh, Kirbyville. As you said, 
one with the stats that they've put up, but they're in the driver's seat out of that district, 2-0, and 5-1 overall record. Orangefield sitting in the two spot. Um, Tarkington, then Anahuac, East Chambers, Buna, and Harden down there. And uh, so it's kind of interesting uh, to well, see. Well, what's really, what's really interesting, and, it's, and I just went over the offensive, it's the defensive numbers. They've only allowed 42 points over uh, six games. And not only that, they're only allowing just over like 101 yards average per game of total offense. So that defense is just as good. Absolutely lights out. And, you know, the old saying is defense wins championships. Right. And, and, and a little history on Ch- Trey Allen, right? His first coaching job was right here in Colesburg. Yeah. And uh, coached under Morrison, Blake Morrison. We, we've talked about him how much, a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to die ball with Blake and then got the AD job over there at Kirbyville. So he worked his way up underneath Blake, which I, 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 one of the best defensive coaches in the state of Texas in my book. Uh, So I look at that and, and it doesn't surprise me uh, whenever you, you, you give them stats there. Now you go back and, and, and you look at in district, right who they've played and that that buna we we had a conversation off the record and we'll leave it off the record right uh about what could possibly be going on over there in buna but uh you look at kirbyville they only give up allowed 28 points against die ball right a good die ball team uh, and, and that's, I think, they're kind of their staple win, right, uh, other than beating East Chambers 36-6. to But we that was that game we were in shock in the amount of injuries, right, that East Chambers yep. we found out after the fact. Right. And then, obviously, shutting Puna out. So, uh, but they, they just, they ran through Trinity. They ran through Corgan. They shut Corgan out. Yeah, shut Corgan out. Didn't allow a point, right? And and we got Corgan the next week. Cold Spring did. And gave up. Gave up 27. 27. Against them. See how I remember them numbers, Trent? That was good. 55-27 <laughs> was the final there. So Them games I do, I can remember them scores. And I do not, for the record, Toby's – Yeah. I do not have it on the screen in here. So, but moving on to Cold Spring, Cold Spring dominated Crockett all night Friday night, yeah. Toby. Just, I think as expected, right? Just did what they wanted it, to do. It was. It, it was exactly what we expected. And then Tiger Parker, you got them stats I sent you? Yeah. Tiger Parker just absolutely showed out once again, 220-something yards rushing. Yeah, he had 225 yards on 19 carries, three touchdowns, 11.8 yards per carry. And could have had – with another couple more touches, probably could have had a few more touch, a couple more touchdowns in there. KJ Harden, ninety-two yards, thirteen carries, two touchdowns. Um, Cookie McGowan, twenty-three yards on five carries. I bring Cookie up, and and he's not that premier running back. He's a he's a good kid, good athlete. Toby, your boys have been playing baseball with him since they were in T-ball, right? right. And uh, just he's not a kid. He doesn't say a whole bunch. He just gets out there and plays. I remember in baseball, man, it was like 
he'd get up there and hit and just boom next thing you know there was one gone you know he just that type of kid yeah he runs so low to the ground in our offense that a lot of times you know he'll block 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 and they'll give it to him yeah and uh you know runs hard and and fights hard for every yard he gets. I mean, it's it's a it's not a get hit and go down. He's 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 not going down without without a fight. That's right. David Rowe was three for six, uh, passing for forty nine yards, and Luke Monroe had two catches for forty six yards, and then there was a two point conversion in there as well um, that he met up with Kane Daigle. Yeah. On the two point conversion in that play, that particular series, I thought. KJ had went out at the one. Right. I couldn't see. I never seen it was on the near sideline, and you know how our press box is. Yeah, you, you can't, can't see. see down that corner from where you're at. So I was I was thinking he went out at the one and I was looking at the far line judge. Right. And and I was like, man, uh, so here we go. And I'm setting it up as, you know, we're first and goal from the one, ought to be able to punch it in. Next thing you know, it's a pass play and then wasn't even looking at the scoreboard because I never seen. Normally, you get both line judges that signal, Throw right? Their hands up. So I never seen it, and I was like, "Son, that's you know." I thought we were in there, and we weren't, and or we were. I didn't think we were in there, and we were. So I missed updating the scores altogether on on uh, the app. But uh, Kane Daigle catches one on a nice little play action, and and David Roll rolls out to his right and dumps it off to Daigle. Uh, in the flat there in the end zone all alone and uh, was able to get that two-point conversion. But uh, then Cold Spring add insult to injury, get the ball to start the second half. They score at, on the first play from the second half, score, yep. turn around, onside kick it, recover it, two plays later, put it back. There was 15 seconds went off the clock in the first half and Cold Spring put two <coughs> scores up, just boom, that right. quick. Our second quarter of that game, uh, we, we let them just stay right in it. Yeah. And so the, we put a lot of emphasis on that third, that third quarter to see you know Cold Springs come out and either they were going to run away with it or they were going to have a tight game. Yeah. And uh, it it went bad for Crockett and we ran away with it in the third quarter. Talking to Coach Stanley at the end of the game, I got I was able to get down there briefly and uh, he told me he said second quarter, he's like the humidity got high, we got flat. He said we went on at halftime, we went in at the halftime. He said, and I gave him a good piece of my mind, told him what I thought and what was going to happen. And he said, we come out that third quarter and we were on fire. And he he said, what was the one thing that I've been saying that Cold Spring needs to do? Finish the games. Yep. Coach Stanley told me the same thing. He said, we got to put four full quarters together. He said, we're coming into a stretch of our schedule where you cannot make mistakes and you got to play four quarters of football if you want to win. And he's right. We got – Die ball, or excuse me, Woodville this week. Then you got Westwood at home. Then you're on the road at die ball, and it's the toughest part of the schedule. And let's not forget a Shepherd football team that's coming to the house after suffering, you know, at the end of the season. That if there's one game they're thirsty for, it's the Battle that of San Jacinto. Throw everything at it. Yeah, they're going to throw the kitchen sink at it. So, uh, Cold Spring, what was it, fifty to? 12 was the final, 50-14. trying to pull the notes up right now. Uh, uh, 50 to 10 was the yeah, final 50 there. to 10. So, then Hampshire Finette, they skimmed past Jasper, but Great yet got game. that win. Great yes. I've, I've We talked about that since we played them, you know, when they played Jasper and Silsby. Uh, 
that's going to be two good games. And uh, they got one of them underneath their belt. Got one of the two. Ranked high in the state. And uh, they're gonna be a, that's going to be a good team going down the playoffs. No, it really is. It really I, is. No matter how that district winds up and who wins that district championship, that you, uh, that's that's a good team to watch for. You know, last year we talked – it was Lumberton was that team that, that we really want. Yep. Uh, Hampshire finette's that team this year. That's right. For for me, yep. right? Me that's too. the team that I really want to want to go and, and kind of follow through the playoffs because right. uh, obviously playing them. But yet watching the growth, I can remember when Hampshire finette was nothing, yep. right? And Elmer and I were doing the games together. This is how far back it was, right? Because Christian and I did the games for about four and a half, five years together. So it was before Christian ever got in the booth, and we right. you would follow Hampshire Finette, and it's like they were going on the road, and it seemed like every time you turned around, they was playing a Wildcat team, like the the Wildcats, right? right? And they were getting a win, and I'm like, well, Hampshire Finette, that's the cat killers, yeah. you know? And and don't <laughs> don't put them on the road because they're going to beat you. Yeah. They had a better record on the road than what they did at the house. At home. And uh, it was Well, they got a Mustang team this week, so we'll yeah. see. That should be another uh, another barn burn, you would think. No, you you would think so. It's going to be interesting to see how how it all how it all plays out. And I mean, we picked that district we they could very easily they could very easily win that district. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, goodness. Yeah, when them and Shep and uh, Silsby go at it, that's that's gonna be, dude. That's like, yeah, which Silsby should win that game. I mean, October twentieth, leaning that way. Uh, well, that's a big that. that's a big date. October twentieth, yeah, that's 20th. a big date for that district for sure. I mean, they that's, took care of business against Jasper. That's a big date down here in, in Southeast Texas, all over period. the place. If yeah. you go back and you look at well, all look the at schedules, the state rankings. I mean, you're, yeah. that would be number seven. Would number one? I think yeah. one. Is number Silsby. seven, number one. Huge game. Yeah, huge game. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how, how that transpires, you know, for uh, Hampshire Fanet and super stoked that they got that win. Tarkington, let's talk about talk about Trent Sandbagging. Uh, let's talk about Toby Sandbagging us on Harden. <laughs> Trent. I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, it was, it was like Harden was a, a trash fire, and all of a sudden they, they come and play their two district games uh, super tight against uh, what – we thought was a good Anahuac team, and that's you know yet to be determined. I'm glad. He However, said that. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, glad Trent said that. <laughs> a, a Tarkington team that we weren't really high on either. Uh, I know the Prairie residents would say otherwise, but uh, you know Tarkington they they squeaked by them, and but it seems like Harden is really wanting you know they're wanting to make take a step and they want to they want to try and squeak in the playoffs just like anybody else does well it, it's I think, like i think Harden's right where i thought they were <laughs> well so here's the deal here's the deal on that right is there's a we didn't hype that game up the well, way how we did should it have. go you you gave me a rundown on how that game went so, explain to us why that score was as close as it was so my official insider yeah uh, i got to visit with him on the way home today and uh my official insider, he said that uh, the officiating was horrible. He said that that group of officials <laughs> that was at that game. Now you sound like Trent. He said that group of <laughs> officials that was at that game has something out for the for the Longhorns out there on the prairie. That I, and I quote him on that. Um, 
he said that is the worst officiating crew. He said that game should have been 21 to nothing at the half. He said there was a touchdown that got called back because one of the officials had the whistle in his mouth and took off to run with the play. And what's that running back's name? Gavin. Gavin. Yeah. 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 Had broke free, was fixing a score. And as that official was running, he every breath he took, he was blowing the whistle and blew that play dead. With no flags, no nothing, blew the play dead. Brought him back. Harden makes a stop, scores, two minutes left. They do a little pooch kick, comes back anyway, long story short. Now, did they, they get the pooch kick? Yeah, they got the pooch. So, see, Trent, they get the pooch. These are things that don't typically happen. They get the pooch <laughs> kick, and this is all due to the officials being against Tarkington. And so Harden gets the pooch kick. Now, we if you go back to about three or four episodes ago, remember, Harden doesn't have a kicker. Right. Liberty had to kick for him in the – That's right. Right? So now well, they're, they're getting pooch kicks. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now they're getting pooch so kicks. So we're just trying to make sure that everybody ends where we came from. Yeah, of what we saw. So they but get, I still got them finishing where they're going to finish at. No, district. and I, I agree with. You. I agree with. You. Yeah, and we're going to kind of talk about that district here in a little bit. But so they cover the pooch kick, and then turn around and score again to make it fourteen all at the half. Yeah. So if you'll remember going back, look at scoreboard watching, it was what twenty six twenty going in or something like that right. with just a few seconds left. And I seen a video on social media there on Facebook. How it stuff, ends. How it ends, yeah. right? And uh, it was a – Now, was, that's a fluke deal. That don't typically happen No, either. it so don't. Now, talk, it really goes both ways. Talking to the insider, said the receiver was wide open. Okay. He said he said when uh, so Johnson had, had rolled out, he took the ball to run, right, Checked up. Everybody bit on the run. He checks up, sees his receiver, and dumps it off. Oh, well, there you go. From the so view that I that. seen, it looked like he was in double coverage and it was thrown up. But uh, our official insider said no, he was wide open in the oh, okay. end zone. So because everybody bit on, on on, I believe it's Trey Johnson, right, the coming around. Your quarterback said they bit on that run and he seen it and checked up and uh, was able. He said, but what Harden did to be able to score was through the ball. Said they found a weakness in the defense in the secondary, something we talk about a lot, Toby, right. you and I do. They found a weakness there. Well, that coach being the coach in Tarkenton, yes, you would think he would know the weaknesses of his own right. team, right? So now right. he's an opposing coach. Playing. So he knows okay. yeah. he knows where their their gap is and, and right. uh you know so so the run defense for Tarkington supposed to be legit. Right. You know, uh, that run defense is. It's going to be interesting to see them in Orangefield here well, coming they're up. they're high in Anahuac. Tarkin is. Yeah. I, that, they're, but they're telling me that's, that's one that they could possibly get a win on. They could probably squeeze that because they're talking Tarkin. Somebody said Tarkin may slip in their three seed. Yeah, not four. We're talking three. Talking three seed, Trent. I'm sorry, <laughs> Trent, Trent. You must be laughing at the the problems we're having I'm, on the air here with some of the. Audio. I, I'm laughing. Yeah, I'm laughing at some of the 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 crazy audio stuff that we got going on. That's what I'm laughing. At. That's I what I you. thought I we were. You. Well, look, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the big game down there south of I-10, Orangefield, Anawag, and we got a couple good topics. We're going to talk about Tasso. We're going to talk about some of the official, officials. Not 
single officials talking about officials, period. And then a big controversial thing that happened at the Whitney game this last week. Yeah. We're going to give our thoughts on that. So uh, stay tuned. You're listening to the 5-9-N Sports Show. We'll be back right after this. Howdy, folks. Randy here. At Randy's Rubs, it is our mission to bring you a variety of mouthwatering seasonings that are sure to make the ordinary extraordinary, to make the impossible possible. Creating memories with friends and family is what is most important to us, and we hope to be the cornerstone of your meals, making memories with the ones you love most. As all of you continue on your fall sports journey, Randy's Rubs wishes each of you an incredible season, and may each of you be an All-American. Go check us out on Amazon or at randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all. Do you have a dream of sitting around and talking about whatever's on your mind? Well, we're here to make that a reality here at Texas Podcast Media. We here are we are here to make your dream a reality. Come in, set up in our studio. We record, we edit, we do all the work, and we upload it to all the feeds. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, we do it all. Let us be your home for your podcasting. For more information, email us at info at texaspodcastmedia.com. Bullfrog Environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience. From silt fence to construction entrances, we specialize in it all. Give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com. And welcome back to the second half of the 590 Sports Show. I'm Craig Irwin. Alongside me, Toby Tolis. And down there in the Bayou Country, we got Trent Hart hanging out with us, and uh, had a little technical difficulties going through that first segment. Well, we're trying to work through it. Yeah, uh, it, it's part of it. Yeah, Midway through yeah. the year, like this. Yeah, it, this equipment gets used and abused. We yeah. we uh, it travels with me all all week long, right? It, it, going between the house, going to football games. Uh, Friday night or Wednesday nights down there at Bullet Grill House yep. there in Point Blank. So between all of those, it just it's a lot of unplugging, plugging back in, and you get takes a beat. You get issues sometimes. Yeah, it does. So uh, Trent, you with us? I am here. I can hear you well. I hope you can hear me well now. We're working. We think we have figured it out. Well, yeah, yeah, we we're if not, we'll fake it till we make it, right? Yep. <laughs> so we were having some distorted like popping coming in and out so we're, we're trying to figure out what that is right and um so I, I think we kind of figured that out somewhat from one board to another and and we'll get that other board figured out because the board that we were using here in the studio is stays here right, right? so uh but we'll get it all figured out and uh, let's talk about the manawak panthers Panthers. Well, I was going to talk about die ball. Okay, we can go to die ball before, then. and then and then go to yeah. Anawak. Then you so, want to jump back over there? Yeah. Well, would so die ball? Let's talk about die ball. What they're doing? So we talked District Ten Three A. Now we're going to jump District Nine Three A. Yeah, you want to jump back over? Right. Okay. Kind of keep it even, even kill. Right. Yep. So die ball, uh, the second team in district, stay perfect. Right. If uh, we pull it up. Cold Springs 2-0 in district, and uh, Die Ball's 2-0. So, uh, Die Ball has Palestine Westwood, team I picked to win the district, right? Yep. Uh, none of us had Die Ball in that one spot. No. None of us did. It and was, not that, to bring our point up, 
we we talked about how it could go either way when we picked that. We felt that the four team could go to first and so on. Yeah. We liked Westwood just for their athletic ability that they've shown and the young kids that they've got. And I think with them playing dive ball like they did, that we were pretty much spot on. It yeah. Just, it, it probably didn't go their way. Uh, Going into a hostile environment. That's right. Right. They went, they went there. Uh which, you know, it has that has a lot to do with it, I think. But die ball is definitely It was a fourteen three ball game. Right. And it was seven to three through the fourth into the fourth quarter. Die ball scored again in the fourth quarter. So it was a tight football game yeah. Yeah, all night. Very long. tight football. And it could have went either way. Yeah. Right. And and die ball maybe the Tasso officials played in their favor, who knows? Well, this is district nine, not ten. <laughs> You're right. So probably come out of Sam Houston chapter. Yeah, we got a good not the not the Beaumont, Beaumont chapter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, or the Whitney chapter. Right, yeah. And we're for, that, talk, for that much. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. So, die ball stays perfect like Cold Spring in district play. So, kind of, uh, if we talk about that district, those are the two undefeated teams. Uh, when we look at it, Palestine Westwood looks really bad with an 0-1 in district record. But we'll talk about them as we progress on with their schedule, uh, what they what they have tonight. Now, they came off of a bye week to play die ball. The first right. week they had a bye. So Westwood, that, that is. Westwood, yeah. yeah. So, they, so played, they have plenty of time to prepare who they thought was one of the better teams in the district. Right, most definitely. And put up a good fight. It just didn't go their way. Not that it's going to change anything. It'll have a lot to do with who they get in the playoffs if they were to make the playoffs. But at the end of the day, I mean, other than just not having the district championship, which that probably didn't help in their favor. But no. it could still go their way. You know, if Cole Springs beats Die Ball and then they lost to Die Ball and then Woodville, you know I mean? Yeah. It, but, no, to control your own destiny, it's not it, it's not good there. But, but they'll I, rebound. Who do they got this week? Uh, who does Westwood have this week? Let's, let's, I haven't even looked yet. I think they have, like, Huntington or something. They got Shepard. Okay, they got Shepard. Shepard this week. Yeah, right. So, um, the, it'll be be interesting. Shepard going on the road to Westwood. So, real quick, uh, Craig, in your opinion, what's that score going to be? Westwood and Shepard. I'm thinking 42 to – Eight. I'm going to give Shepard 14. 10, we're on the same stage. <laughs> yeah. So, we're pretty close. Yeah. No, I think so. 42-8. That way our viewers and our listeners can yeah, follow where judge we're coming that. from. Yeah, and that game's on the road for Shepard, I think. They go what, to the turf. Yes, they go to the turf up there at Westwood. Nice little stadium Very up nice. there at Westwood. I like what they did. They they rebuilt the visitor side, right, yep. and, and got it all set up and then made what Two was Two different the home. press boxes. Yes. Good concession. Yes. Plenty of parking. Yep. Yeah, it's a great place. Good nice lights. Nice stadium. I yeah. like going there. Yeah, I like it too. It's always a fun road trip. So, But uh, back on dial ball uh, – you know, I think I think die ball is you know they're not putting up like massive amounts of points, so you're probably right. They hang their hat on defense. Yeah, and we, and we talked about that yeah. right, and Coach Morrison and and what he's known for right, right. and and I feel like their defense is the key there, right. and it's keeping their opponents low on 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 their point scale. I mean, if you go back and you look at and the, I would say Westwood throws it predominantly. They probably throw it more often than they run it. What do you think? Yeah. Most definitely. I mean, they're going to run it their fair share, too, so it's not like they yeah, just don't run it. Yeah, because they run that but, pro style out yeah. the gun, you know, kind of mix it up, delay. And that balls. may have been what they tried to do. Let's just run it. Yeah. And it's just a low-scoring game. I, I don't know. I'd have to say I, – I would like to have seen that. that. Yeah. That film on that. But, like I said, it it wasn't a shocker 
it was definitely exactly what we thought when we saw that the score was seven to three for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wanted Westwood to pull it out to make us look more like we knew what we were talking about. Oh, I did too. <laughs> Most well, definitely. You weren't alone. I mean, that's. Uh, well, Westwood I mean, hey, I did take Buna in y'all's district. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, told me we all Buna. got on the Buna train, and everybody, right. everybody was honking the horns and. Boy, singing right. their praises and it and all of a sudden that fizzled out to yeah so it happens that. i mean it happens <laughs> it, it, it's hard to believe uh, it's it is but it's not as hard to believe a team crashed the way buna did right right it, it really is it's the way they have and and i i've always kind of prouded myself with with uh, 590 sports and, and trying to bring out the positive and we're going to talk about some negatives here in a little while and back on the die ball i mean Let's get it out there. I mean, they've already beaten Woodville and Westwood. They're in the driver's seat. They're in the driver's seat. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say they're in the driver's seat because Cold Springs is in the same situation they're in, other than not had played the tougher teams in district yet. Well, and and Cold Springs going to be on the road this week going to to Woodville, Woodville, going to hostile environment. So, it's going to be – Yeah, that's the game of the week of our district. I, I think I think you put it out of the district. No, it is. Out of the district. It definitely is. If you're going to pick one, that's the one you go to at Woodville – uh, yeah, that's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be a go. I know, I know. I'm we'll only work half a day. You're you're gonna shut it down half oh, a day. Oh, absolutely. That half way we day. can leave at like four twenty and yeah, for sure. Be gone. I yeah. got you. We gonna meet up at our spot. I was I, and I told you this. I play in a big golf tournament in San Antonio. Yeah. Every year, and they moved the tea tea time was on uh Friday Friday instead of Sunday. So I had to find a replacement, but I wasn't missing that game. Did you send Robert Howe in your place? No, I didn't. We had we had another boy step in that from San Antonio. Dude, that's we're gonna meet at our spot and ride out. If I can get you to get off early enough, I got you, boo. You gonna be able to get? I, okay. I got you. Absolutely, I, I we're gonna you. ride together. We'll call Trent on the way home. Yeah. That's Hopefully, yeah, yeah, we'll be telling. Oh man, yeah, we'll have everything went our way. It's we'll have a trip right? down one ninety to BS. <laughs> all of this stuff. That's right. But but what we didn't get to talk about last Friday night. Was Orangefield's coach becoming the winningest coach in Orangefield's history, with their defeat last week over the Anahuac Panthers, thirty-two to twenty? Yeah, I saw that. It was a big headline. It was. Yeah, uh, well, was, but did kudos, you see? Kudos to Coach Smalley. I mean, he's he's went over there to Orangefield and really built a program that's competitive every year and. You know, hey, he's he's it, got them running that slot T to perfection. It really, really does. Even even though they're still young. Uh, but they're just, you know, it seems like year to year they're able to, you know, just keep pushing forward. Yeah, they have program. He's, he's established a very prominent program there, much like Brian Barbet did in Cold Spring, right? right? Uh, in the 2008 to 2016, you know what what Brian Barbet did in Cold Spring. But here's another thing: Coach Morrison was the AD there in Orangefield. That's right. That's where he got his start at, and then came step back to a dc well i think they let him go is that what it was yeah, they let him go so then he went back to being a dc for for brian barbie and yeah here in cold spring rejuvenate his career yeah and, and, and uh, it worked out landed the him. die ball job and he's been yeah. there ever since he he came here a, a solid program right with with coach barbie brought caleb his son right started three of the four years as quarterback here yeah so but back to the orangefield die ball or, or orangefield and white game well, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, rag on officials and blame officials for losing a football game, right? I mean, 
uh, yeah, there were some questionable things going on, and and I told you mostly about them uh, Friday night on the way home. But it, and I told you this earlier today too is like any good coach will tell you that they should not have put their team in that position to let officials dictate a game. And from the get go, I mean, yeah, there were some spot issues, and in the first half, uh, it was a tight game. Uh, they went into the half, Anahuac winning, I think it was thirteen to twelve. Uh, you know, there, there were some spot issues, sideline to sideline, you know, as far as those sideline judges getting in sync. But let me tell you something about Tasso officials. They, you know, they run seven-man crews on the field, but with the lack of officials, they're having five-man crews and then kind of plugging in uh, two men to come in and work with them. Kind of floaters. Well, and, yeah. Right. And they uh, – from what I've been told is that, you know, a lot of times it's a, they have a hard time getting in sync, which I understand if you're not working with, uh, you know, somebody that you're not normally working with, then you're not going to be. Um, but for the most part, there was there was a targeting call against Orangefield in the first half that uh, it was helmet to helmet. It was on a quarter our quarterback sliding, uh, you know, after he got the first down, which was understandable. Fast forward to the second half. Uh, Anahuac goes up 20 to 12 in the third. Uh, and then things kind of change a little bit. There's another targeting call on a play where a quarterback was under pressure, balls floating toward the near sideline, and a cornerback for Anahuac comes up and kind of shoulder checks the, the would be receiver just to break up the play. And flag comes out, and it's a targeting. Well, you know. <laughs> that was certainly questionable. Right. And it ended up being 30 yards because the, the cornerback came up and was probably mouthing a few words. So, so double penalties. Feel, uh, yeah, it was a double whammy. And, you know, from that point on, after that 30 yards, you could kind of feel things kind of changing. And Orangefield comes back. They they score on that drive, which which should have been a punt. Anahuac gets the ball back. They're driving down the field. We have a fourth and I think it was nine play and another spot call. Well, the quarterback ran to the far sideline, clearly made it past the first down marker. We thought it was a first down. Everybody else thought it was a first down. Then all of a sudden they placed the ball back two more yards and it's, it's turnover on downs. Well, Orangefield gets the ball back, drives down the field. And again, credit to Orangefield for making the adjustments they needed because they pre pressed the Anahuac defense on the edges, which is exactly what they needed to do. Right. Yeah. Despite the, despite the calling. Right. Right. Uh, they, they, they did what they needed to do to try and score points offensively. And by the end of the third and going into the fourth, you just tell that defense was worn down. And that's what that slot T offense does. It wears down defenses. Uh, and when they start getting winded and get you on your heels, you're going to run out of steam and they're going to end up winning football games. Right. And I think you're right. I mean, you know, you don't ever want the officiating to dictate how the game goes. And, and believe it or not, Trent, sometimes it's it's one single play that is a bad call that really costs another team. You yeah, know, it takes a window and, yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and what I'm hearing from that particular game, obviously there was multiples yeah. uh, that added up. But you're right. I mean, anytime you have a stop or, you know, instead of a 15-yard penalty, it goes to a 30-yard penalty or – Anything like that's crucial. I mean, one thing that sticks in my mind, uh, you know, I'm a big Oakland Ra or big Las Vegas Raider fan, and uh, I can uh, the Tuck rule with the uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, uh, that year I think mm -hmm. the Raiders would have won the Super Bowl. 
had it not been for the tuck rule. And uh, so, you know, the next year they changed the tuck rule, and it, it would have went in our favor, but they waited to the next year to change that. But what I'm saying is things like that do happen, and a lot of times it's spur-of-the-moment calls that they have to make, and if they don't have instant replay, you know, that kind of thing. But definitely, I, as you're explaining what took place in Anahuac, I'm envisioning that. And I could see that cornerback going and kind of busting up the play. Next thing you know, y'all are flying out of the stand saying, Wait, what, what the heck? Mean? Like, yeah, no right. no freaking way. Now the now the kid's upset, and he pops something off. Another one, you know what I mean? Yeah. Before you know it, you got all these penalties, and they're marching down the field, and the whole feel of the game has now changed. Right. And, and yeah, and, it's just unfortunate. That and, something and you're like talking that about a one-score football game. Yeah. Right. And exactly. So that really – or score and a half anyway, two score game right. really, but that, that does, it changes everything up, um, in the tempo of the game and, and how you feel, you know, in, in the way the kids are. And it, and it's like I was telling Trent, you know, some of them ball spots, right? That's those, a big deal too. Those coaches have, have a depth chart situationals on what place that they're going to call and they're sitting there looking sure. at it yeah. and you got your guys up in the booth, that sees right? It very that's, well. that's seeing, all right, the far judge, we got the first down, right? They're signaling the play in because, yep. hey, we got the first down. We, you know, we got 30 seconds or 25 seconds to work with. We're signaling a play in right now. Right. So we signal the play in, and then next thing you know, the spot is instead of first and 10, it's third and four. Well, several times when two. I was announcing with you, Craig, you know, with, you know you're, trying to, you're trying to basically explain what's happening on the field through the right. radio, right? And I would be like, oh, that's – you know, they're a yard short. And next thing you know, no, no, it's first down. What? Yeah. I mean, that happened numerous times. And, and I know for a fact where he was. Right. Heck, one time, I don't even know who we were playing this year to go back, but it was the it was on our scoreboard end, and we didn't get in. I mean, we were a yeah. yard short, and they called a touchdown for us. Right. And a good friend of mine, Cody, was down there. And I said, what did it look like? He goes, oh, yeah, no doubt he was short. But, they, they but I mean, it went in our favor, so obviously we're not going to complain about that. But what I'm saying is, is not yeah. that that was a big factor because that game we dominated anyways. But what I'm saying is things like that happen. No, they do and, happen. Yeah. And it happens all the time. You, and you just don't – you don't – the people at home that are listening and, and are watching, they don't see that, right? right. They don't see what we what we see, and we try to bring it to them and, and let them know right. the best possible. But – it, it makes a difference in the play calling because they're looking at, okay, we're up by six, you know, on a hypothetical standpoint. You got your play chart. We're up by seven, first and ten on their side of the 50, right, whatever it may be, or the inside the 20. So that's what they're going by on how they're calling them plays a lot of times. And, and whenever you already sent the play in and kind of find out now it's third and two, not first and ten, you may have called a complete different setup scheme of your offense to be able to run and, and was unable to do that. And and that plays into a factor in the play calling as well. Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. It's just all so, around. And at the end of the day, you just got to hope that, you know, it's going to happen and you just hope that it goes in your way more than it don't go in your way. No, you're exactly right. Uh, but talking about them officials and how iffy and what Trent was saying is going to kind of move us into our next yeah. part. And I think we can all three uh, really kind of put in a lot. But uh, this 
as Trent was saying, they they send a five man crew and they got two floaters. So now you got two guys that are that are coming in to officiate a game that hasn't worked with this crew or maybe very little work. And it may be some guys that have just been calling JV football and they're kind of give them, especially at the three A and down level, you're, you're getting get that. you're getting the lower. Not not being disrespectful to any of the Tasso officials by no means, but you're getting the least experience, right? Mm-hmm. Either the least experienced officials and or the ones that are kind of aging out, you know, on both both ends of the spectrum. So you got a five man crew that shows up. You got two guys that called JV ball at the two A level the night before that you're sending them to Orangefield to go call this game because you don't have enough officials. And and it's not just in football. It's baseball, softball, not just at the high school level, but at the little league level as well. Trent and I deal with it a lot, getting baseball and softball umpires, right? It, you just it's it's a lost art and and at the little league level we know where the big problem is and it's it's the people that are sitting outside the fence, not the people that are inside the fence that are the problem. And it discourages a lot of people from wanting to, to get out there and help make the game better and, and go out and officiate these games, whether it be basketball, baseball, football. So you, you deal with that. So, and it trickles up to the high school effect because you're not building that craft uh, of people to do. And some of the officials that you're getting are guys that are retired, right? That, are just looking for something to do to stay active. I mean, it's something that I'm looking at that I may do whenever I retire, right, is officiating high school football and baseball possibly. Mm -hmm. So with all of that being said, you know, you're getting getting the best that they have, to say the least, and sometimes the best isn't good enough, right? And sometimes you feel like this as as a fan. Right. Sometimes you feel like they're after you. Yeah, you, they're after sure your you team, right? Right. But that's not the that's not yeah. the case, and in and that's that's in any sport, right? I mean, there's oh that umpire's got it out for us, yeah. that referee got often it out do you for hear us, that? and that's not the <laughs> yeah. case whatsoever. Right. No, I agree with you, and it's always I've never I've been umpiring baseball for sixteen, seventeen years, right? And I've never had a mindset of I'm going to walk out on the field. I'm fixing a I'm fixing to run the screws to the Red Sox, right? right. It's never crossed my mind. It's my 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 mindset is when I get out there on the field, I want to do the best job that I can possibly do, and I want these kids to feel like that they're in the middle of Game Seven of the World Series. Yeah, but Craig, to hold you up right there. So, what if you're doing a little league game, and that team's losing by a lot? Do you change your philosophy on the way you call? Try not to. I try not to. But does it happen? It, it well, same thing in a football game. If they're up fifty to ten, are you running the clock? Or are you not? I mean, does you're it running. You're you're running the clock, right? And we've seen that, right? We're you're running the clock. We're going to get done, right? Now, is it right? No, it's not. No, it's not because you're taking that advantage away. We've seen it in, in Huntington, right? Mm-hmm. You took that advantage away, and you took precious amounts of time off the clock. Before of that team in the second half. Now I'm going to guarantee you that those officials got together with the coaches and says, Hey, made an agreement. Are we, we we good with running the clock? Right. Right. Now what I have done, I've, I've, as an umpire, I've been in a game and the devil rays have no pitching and the Red Sox, they're throwing dimes. Yeah. Right. 
and I pull the coaches in discreetly between innings, and I say, hey, look, guys, this thing, I want these kids to be able to play ball. I'm fixing to open the strike zone up on y'all. Yeah. To where Not your them, kids have to swing the bat, but I'm going to – I'm. I'm going to open but it, it does, up. But it you. does affect, though. It does affect. It does affect a defense that may be trying to get a shutout. Right. Or a defense that hasn't given up so many first downs all of a sudden. Now, we're giving them good spots and things like that. Not that that's any importance, but it goes back to the referees and the TASA deal. Yeah. How that. Right. Do, do they change? Even though I get what you're saying, they don't come into the game. But you can bet there's some teams out there that they like, and there's some teams out there that had a bad experience, and it really goes into basketball. Basketball is when it really rings the bell. Yes, you couldn't pay oh, me yeah. enough yeah. money to do basketball. Yeah. I'll never high forget school. that when when I was growing up, this was probably about 1994, 93, somewhere in there. But Cleveland was obviously very good in basketball for many years, and we were playing Port Arthur Lincoln over in Baytown. And it was a packed house. You, it was standing room only. And they were shooting free throws, Cleveland was. And we needed both free throws to go in to win the game. And they make the first one. And as they're making the second one, it's in the air. Somebody throws their jacket on the floor. A, a fan does. So they blow the whistle and they take the shot back. And really? they shoot the next one and we miss it. And that that tr- that really happened. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is there's there's a lot of, calls and you could sit here and probably talk about this for hours and hours no i agree but what brings well, sure this up what brings it up is the whitney thing and right. you need to tell them about that so whitney wildcats were on the road at dallas madison this last week and and, and i'm sure everybody's already seen the video i posted it on the 590 sports page it's all over there and i just got a link sent to me on the uil's announced on the action and we're going to read that but we're going to talk about it first right, right? So we've all, all three of us, <coughs> have watched uh, what what little bit of film there is out there, right? And what's good is we're looking at it from a neutral point of view. No, I mean, we have nothing to do. with I ain't Whitney, got a dog in it. the fight. So no. when you sent it to me, I honestly looked at it like I know I have no dog in this fight. Yep. And I had my assessment like right away. Yeah. Like it didn't even have to think very much on. So, it. I and I studied it, and, and the only tie I have to Whitney. Is one thing. The old coach. That coach Bird Cold that Spring, yeah. left Cold Spring and went up there, right? Uh, and he's not coaching now. But and I went to one of Whitney's playoff games a couple years ago. We we did a try, we did a two for one. We went up there and went watched a game at Baylor, and then from Baylor we went over there and watched Whitney play right. on on a Saturday. Had had a great weekend. So the whole play is is the video that we see is an official ripping the helmet off of a kid. Right, and if you you're not playing a game, and, and like all media sources want to throw you the big the big explosion of what happened, right? And right. And, and and it is what it is, right? Official had his hand on a face mask of a football player and pulls a helmet off, right? So it's like, man, that official just grabbed his face mask and ripped he it off. Like he was really upset. Yeah. Like, I'm going like, to get you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Trent, is that and your that's take? that's the assessment that you that, make. That, that you, on just looking it, at it at the naked, naked eye? Yeah, but, I mean, I immediately, when I first saw the, the, the footage, I was like, what happened leading up to that? It, was there anything that happened that led up to that? And, you know, you, you watch that judge in the, in the defensive backfield 
he's, you know, he's set up three to five yards behind that defensive back, right? That defensive back rolls to kind of his, uh, or comes backwards. The referee kind of puts his hands out. Hey, I'm here, you know, don't run into me. The defensive back rolls out to his left, comes back to his right. And then that's when the whole helmet uh, thing happened. And I saw some footage I think it was either earlier in the game where they had a few run-ins like before, like the, the defensive back kept on running to the referee. Well, in my mind, I'm like, well, maybe you should go back a couple more yards so you don't keep getting run into, or, you know, what's, what's the real story here? Right. And, and that's me. And I put it on five, nine in sports, right? I, I put that up there and wanted to get the people's take. And I, I got naturally everybody's opinion is, if that was my boy, I would have climbed that fence and went and whooped that officials, you know what, and this and that, you know, I would have gave him, a, he would have remembered what he did, yada, 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 yada. And I got some more information on, on this. The player, first I want to go with this. The player is David Haynes Jr. No, excuse me. It, his last name Haynes is Haynes. He is the son of the head coach for Whitney. Coach David Haynes Jr. And if he if the ejection gets over, the kid was ejected from the game, and I'm sure it was what he had to say back to the official after the helmet come off. Yeah. So, and I'm going to read this whole whole article that uh, Tepper threw out. But here here's what I seen through through this whole setup. Right, if you go back and you watch it, the defensive back, a linebacker, is coming step dropping back in coverage. The official's there. He's watching the play, right? He's in his position. Uh, and, and I'm not a, a, a football official. have never officiated a, a, a little league game, much less a high school game. But he's sitting there watching the play. He's watching the play, not the defensive back who comes in. You can see his left hand come down on the hip on the player, right? He's coming in. It's like he can't move. The player moves left and then comes back, turns his shoulders, goes back to the right. Well, it was like, boom, he bumped the official, and the official's hands went up. I strongly believe that that official's hand, the crossbar in the face mask, I believe his finger got hung in that helmet. Because if you see the official's – he's stumbling back. Yeah, and he's he's stumbling back. He's not yanking. He's not trying to He's not aggressively going towards this player. The player's pulling away from the official, and that's when the helmet comes off, right? right? And then you see the official's hand drop to his side. He's holding on to it with one hand, and now I don't have the the technology to really zoom in, right? I could screenshot it, I guess. But – and then he comes back to his midsection – grabs the helmet with his left hand, then reaches down, pulls the flag, and throws the flag. This is after the player is is given his two cents or whatever to the official with his arms out. I don't feel like it was intentional at all. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, at one bit. As much as all the uh, all the parents and everything and the fans out there in the stands want to say, oh, he did it on purpose, it goes back to – there. I've even though Tasso is struggling with officials, getting officials the way they are, I just do not feel that that was that was a a, a uh, intentional, intentional move. move by that official. Yeah. 
So I'm going to I'm going to read this article right that just came out and it was sent to me. Uh, it was it went on it printed at 4:30. Uh, the UI now UIL announced uh, action Monday in response to the incident between a Whitney player and a official during the Wildcats game against Dallas Madison on Friday. In collaboration with the Texas Association of Sports Officials, who operates the officials of Texas high school football, the UIL announced the removal of the official from all contests pending completion of an investigation. The UIL also announced the reversal of the game ejection of David Haynes III, the Whitney player involved in the incident. Video quickly circulated on Friday night at the uh, of the incident where Haynes, a linebacker for the Wildcats, collided with an umpire during a play, only for the official to appear to pull at and tear off the player's helmet. Haynes reacted by raising his hands uh, to the sidelines and apparently say something to the official, who then flagged Haynes and ejected him. The ejection stood. If the ejection stood, Haynes, who is the son of Whitney head coach David Haynes Jr., would have missed the first half of this week's game against Dallas Life Oak Cliff. The official is from the Dallas chapter of Tasso. Whitney went on to win the game 56-28 to improve to 5-0. So, UIL overturns the ejection. Haynes the third is going to get to play. We still don't know what's going to happen with the official other than he's not going to get to call anymore this, until Tasso and the UIL review everything. And I think when they review better tape, right? Yeah, and that's typically what you do anyway. Well, they're right. going to have they're going to have huddled tape from both teams from that game, right? Right. Uh, they're going to have the 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 zoomed in and the wide angle of, of that entire game. Yeah, so that, you know, they're going to be able to break it down clip by clip yeah. and by the millisecond, right. To be able to see and get a full reaction on what went on there. So uh, I, I'm curious and it's something that I'm going to stick to and I'm going to follow because I really want to see uh, what the outcome of that official is on that. Deal. Well, I can't, I can't help but think, I mean, it was obviously a knee-jerk reaction. It said that the video circulated quickly. I think I saw it immediately as soon as I was on my way home that night. Yes. And uh, like I said, my immediate reaction was like, well, what happened re- leading up to that? Now, don't get me wrong, uh, an official should never put his hands on a player at any time as far as you know malicious intent is concerned. But whether or not malicious intent was the case here is, you know, yet to be determined no you're right hey we're going to take a quick break here on the 590 sports show when we come back we're going to talk about week seven games and uh some big games coming up in the area we'll talk about them briefly and then we're going to let you get on your way you're listening to the 590 sports show on texas podcast media we'll be back right after this bullfrog environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience from silt fence to construction entrances we specialize in it all give us a call at 3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com. Howdy folks, Randy here. At Randy's Rubs, it is our mission to bring you a variety of mouthwatering seasonings that are sure to make the ordinary extraordinary, to make the impossible possible. Creating memories with friends and family is what is most important to us, and we hope to be the cornerstone of your meals making memories with the ones you love most. As all of you continue on your fall sports journey, Randy's Rubs wishes each of you an incredible season, and may each of you be an All-American. Go check us out on Amazon or at randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all. Do you have a dream of sitting around and talking about whatever's on your mind? 
Well, we're here to make that a reality here at Texas Podcast Media. We here are we are here to make your dream a reality. Come in, set up in our studio. We record, we edit, we do all the work, and we upload it to all the feeds: Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. We do it all. Let us be your home for your podcasting. For more information, email us at info at texaspodcastmedia.com. Welcome back to the 590 Sports Show. Craig Irwin, Toby Tullis, Trent Hart on the line with us as well. And, uh, man, we've had a lot of good stuff to talk about. As, uh, now we're in the third segment of the 590 Sports Show. And uh, jumping into – let's jump into 105A Division Two. And what I want to jump into about is this week is the first week that Huntsville gets to actually have a true home game. <coughs> their their varsity football is opening up in their own stadium. At their high school. At their high school. Yeah, not Sam Houston. Yeah, so I think that's really neat for yeah, Huntsville. And, it is really and neat. Because they've played at Sam for so long. So long. I don't, I don't think they've ever had their home. I don't, I, I don't know of another – I did some research trying to find, and yeah. I haven't ever, fa- I haven't found anything. Right. Uh, I got one other website that I didn't go to that I need yeah. to, and maybe next week we can yeah, kind of. Power Stadium's been there probably since, I don't know what, eighty eight, ninety one, somewhere in that range. I want to say it's probably. I mean, it's yeah, been there I at mean, least that long. I don't. I've never played anywhere in Huntsville other than Bower Stadium. Right. Well, I've before never... Bowers, they were over off of that street. Yes, uh, yes, right. Where, the, where they do the rugby and all that at. And that's, I think that's where Huntsville played And that played might have been where they played and then went over to Bowers with them. Yeah, no, but if I you haven't seen, that stadium's like really nice. I mean, so what they did is they have their high school and then they got their administration building. Right. And then they got a parking lot. Behind the parking lot was what they called an auxiliary field. And they built that several years ago. Kind of like what Livingston's Kind of what Livingston had, yeah. yeah. And uh, what they did is they went ahead and, and left that same footing there. And, and built stands on both sides with the home side being really big with the big press box. And not only that, behind it, they've got the baseball and softball complex uh, because their high school has always played out at the Little League field out by the airport. Yes. Uh, Huntsville has. So so now they not only got their home football right there by their high school, which makes that cool. Uh, got, who wants to bus back and forth and do all dude, that? Dude, it's I mean, a that pain. Just takes, yeah, I mean, it's nice going and playing over there at Byers. Yeah, yeah. Nothing take nothing away from Byers, but you know, I mean, that just you've been to I'm, a few I'm football ex- games excited, over there at Byers. Yeah, I'm excited about them. That's going to be. I cool. am too. We're going to have to go catch a game over there. Yeah, and I'd imagine they'll have some kind of playoff game there. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. Cold Spring first you know, round of the playoffs. Go play there. Yeah, yeah. Against Anawak. Okay. Anawak's got to make. got to make the playoffs. We got to make the playoffs. Y'all haven't beat Tarkin in playoff games. Yeah, yeah, that ain't no lie. So uh, I, I follow Coach Sutherland on uh, Twitter X, whatever it's right. called now, and he was posting a bunch of stuff on there uh, this last week. JV, the sub varsity teams yeah. played last week there, so varsity yeah. gets to open up this week uh, against Brian Rudder uh, at home. So it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be pretty neat, and uh, I'm looking forward to the to the articles coming in right. that you know what i mean uh it's going to be a lot of fun so uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff so let's break down let's talk about these districts real quick and then we'll jump into some big games district 10 3a uh kirbyville's in the driver's seat this week 2 and 0 orangefield's 2 and 0 tarkington 1 and 0 anawak 1 and 1 east chambers 0 and 1 buna 0 and 2 harden is 0 and 2 uh out of that district with their district standings uh, jumping over into District 9-3A, 
bring this up. You got Dieball and Cold Spring sitting in the driver's seat, two and one. Cold Spring has the better overall record. Dieball has a four and two. Cold Spring's four and one. Uh, then you jump down to Shepherds one and one, Woodville one and one, Westwood zero and one, Crockett or excuse me, Huntington zero and one, and Crockett is zero and two. So out of District 9-3A. So we got some really good games coming up uh, out of that district this week. Uh, Kirbyville and Anahuac. That game is in Anahuac this week uh, for yeah, the Panthers. In, in my opinion, that's uh, it's kind of a must-win for Anahuac at this point as far as if you want to somehow be in contention for a district championship, let alone get a higher seed, you've got to beat this Kirbyville team. And there really is no two ways about it. I mean, this is probably, uh, aside from last week, that was big. That was Anahuac's biggest test, obviously, in dropping it to Orangefield. But uh, you know, facing a Kirbyville team that looks to see, looks to be like on a roll, Anahuac's got to win this game. It, it and it's almost really a must win. I mean, if Anahuac was to lose this game, then it drops them to a one and two in district, and it's well, they've just got to figure out who do they want out of our district. Yeah. I mean, in all reality, I mean, you just like pick your poison. Do you want the one seat or do, do you, you want, want a the team two that's seat? Going to throw it more, run it more, defense more. I mean, what? I mean, what do you want? Because I think the right. four teams that are coming out of there, it's not. You know, most of the time you have somewhat of advantage. You know, like man, I want so and so. We want right. the one that squeaked in there. That really has no business being in there. You're talking I mean, about like four he's teams. Talking about yeah. I mean, you could very easily Kirbyville could draw. Let's just say Woodville gets second, and it's like you pretty much. I mean you're getting the same Woodville team that almost beat Franklin. Right, exactly, in in, in a playoff setting on yeah. top of that. So, so it could go either way. But, yeah, he he's right, though. I mean, as far as the district championship, they're going to have to win this game. Hey, another big game out of that district, Orangefield and Tarkington this week. Tarkington, uh, from our insider, their run defense is legit. Orangefield's going to have to go to there to beat them. Right. It's going to be questionable. You know, uh, it could be a big, be a big game, and and it's, I believe it's in Tarkington. It is. Yeah. So. And what's Tarkington's record? Tarkington overall record. Tarkington, Tarkington's four and one. Oh, look at there. With a one and zero record to Orangefield's, uh, one and zero in district to Orangefield's overall three and three, two and zero in district. Okay, real quick, right. Trent, what do you think that score is going to be up from the hip? Thirty-two sixteen Orangefield. Craig. I was thinking probably twenty-one to six, Orangefield. I'm twenty-eight-six. You writing this down, Trent? No. <laughs> <laughs> we can always go back and listen to it. We yeah, that's right. So Buna has East Chambers. Uh, both teams winless in district. East Chambers coming off of much needed buy out of that district. So uh, that's going to be kind of a big game. They're fighting for. They're fighting. Fighting to get in there to battle for a four seed. Are we talking Buna? We're talking Buna East Both. Chambers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think East Chambers going to pull the win out in this one. Um, see where this game is at. It's at Buna. That's hostile environment. Trent and I was talking about going over to Buna. That I've press never box, watched a game there. You've, so I've, I've never watched a game I've done Buna. one game in Buna, and, and I had a coach's wife. I'm doing the game, and the press box is, is horrible, isn't it, Trent? It's, well, I've never done one in the press box. Every time I've done a game, it's been on the visitor side. They got a little, like a little platform at the top of the uh, 
bleachers on the, the visiting side. Oh, so and you're getting the fan view. Like, yes. You're getting the well, band, you're hearing everything. A, there, there is a light, uh, a wooden light pole right on the 50, dead center. <laughs> kind of like doing so, a game oh. at Livingston. It's not ideal. Okay. So I did a game there, gosh, six years ago, seven years ago, Cold Spring, Buna. And it, and it got testy on the field, right? Uh, tempers kind of flaring a little bit. And uh, there was some personal foul penalties and such. And I had a coach's wife from Puna come and grab my crowd mic and start chanting into it. And, and luckily I had the board there. I turned it down and I grabbed the mic. And I, I didn't have a crowd mic the rest of the night. So uh, because this was fourth quarter. But but nonetheless, it was, yeah. it was uh, yeah, it was hostile territory. So uh, East Chambers going in to Buna, I, I'm going to have to take East Chambers in that one uh, just – just real quick. Yeah, I'm going to jump on the East Chamber bandwagon on that one. Harden, Harden, Harden after after putting a putting a beating on Tarkington and losing one in the final seconds, Harden's got to buy out of District 10 3 They kind of recoup. Yeah, they can. They get ready for who after that. Moving down into District 9-3A, Cold Spring going on the road, hostile environment, Woodville Eagles going to be a tight game. I think it's going to end up being a one-score football game. I think Cold Spring's going to roll in that one. You think Cold Spring's going to roll? Uh-huh. I, I hope they do, yeah. right? I, I think because our I district. Think they're coached well, and I think these kids are executing at a high level right now, keeping penalties to a minimum. Our district picks and are I out the window, that, right? Uh, yeah, I think the Trojans oh, are yeah. going to roll. Yeah, I I think I feel like Cold Spring's going to win that football game. I think it's going to be a one-score game. Um, you know, I – I think if Tiger Parker has a night that he's – I mean, he's been averaging two. And if it ain't two, Tiger, I think somebody else is going to step up. I mean, I think that's what they got. Here's the deal. Tiger's been let's, averaging let's, 200 yards offense, a game. Offense, offense. That's, you're right. What about the defense? Dude, as long what as – What about the intensity of flying around the football? I mean, dude, that's what – it's not like – you know, it used to be, you know, hey, so-and-so linebacker. No, it's not. It's linebackers, free safeties. Yeah. Uh, DNs, uh, nose guards. I mean – it's, I mean, I'm telling you, it's all over the football field. The, and the big, they're gotten better each week, but I mean, you can't beat a team when it's one hat. It's eight more hats coming right behind it. If they keep the ball on the ground, Cold Spring is going to annihilate them. Yeah, I feel if, bad for them if they try to just run it right at us. Yeah, it, it, they're even gonna, if they try to get to the the corners. To beat Cold Spring, we got lots have, of speed. To beat Cold Spring, they're going to have to go to there. They're going to have to go there, and they're going to have to have time to throw it. Yep, and. uh and and don't think that Cold Springs probably hadn't been really working on yeah that in I mean we, right that's what's good about the teams that we played but if you ain't you got that. nothing going on come to Woodville Texas yeah. amongst if the not, pine trees Friday night if not and I think I believe it's going to be a good game but either way I mean it it could go either way I just obviously I'm a Trojan fan if not I go to uh, if doing. you can't make the game go to Tune In Radio app. Listen Punch in on the radio. AM fourteen forty the score. I'll have the call for you on that one all night long. So uh, Shepherd Pirates uh, going to be on the road going to Palestine Westwood. I think Palestine Westwood puts up as many as they want in that game. Uh, yeah. I think after coming off of a die ball loss last week. Right. I agree. What do you think that score is going to be, Trent? <sighs> I think that score is probably going to be. I want to say that uh, that they they can put up forty points against them, and I think Shepard might put up a touchdown, maybe a little bit more. So it's going to be 
it's going to be a blowout, I, I think. I mean, I'm talking about like 42 to 42-14. 42-14, something like that, yeah. That's kind of what I was yeah, thinking. that's what I'm thinking. Croc- it, yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Crockett going on uh, – Crockett, they got Huntington this week. Ooh. And that game is a uh, home game for the Bulldogs, Monty Jack. And I think Crockett is going to uh, be able to improve to one in six overall in that football game. From what we've right. seen. From what we saw, yeah. yeah. If they run 11 successful, like – Dude, that's a big us, kid. They, yeah. Yeah. They should get that win. But who knows, Huntington may put it together. Who knows? You never know. Trent, you had some big games lined out that you were talking about. Yeah, I did. And, you know, they're on my pickums on my Facebook page. If you haven't got in on my pickums, uh, you can go to Anaheim Sports Live on the, on the Facebook page. But uh, I do have that Cold Spring Woodville game on there. Uh, Hampshire Finette, West Orange Stark. That's a, that is a big game for that district. Uh, Vider at Little Cypress, Mauriceville. That is, I think, a pretty good game. Yep. I think LCM takes care of that pretty, pretty handedly. Uh, Yoakum, <clears throat> I, I didn't realize that they had lost last week. Hitchcock is, is traveling to Yoakum this week. So they, both of those teams were ranked, uh, but Yoakum dropped out this week. So that's, uh, not as, not as, you know, high profile as I thought it was going to be. Right. Um, Hang on, I'm trying to pull something up. Livingston Lions, not a high-profile game, but a big game for the Livingston Lions just right up the road here. They have Huffman this week. They are uh, hosting Huffman. They're in the jungle in Livingston. Uh, it's a must-win for Livingston if they want if they want a shot at making the playoffs. they got to win two. Two's the ticket, right? We And we've talked about this district out of District 10, 4A, Division One. Uh, Huffman's 0-5, Little Cypress, Mauriceville 2-3, and suffered a loss this last week against uh, Houston Spring Legacy. Houston Legacy. They lost to Houston Legacy last week. Uh, Livingston's 0-5, Lumberton 2-3, and Splendor's 1-4, and Viter's 3-2. And, and, and we kind of talked about Viter – Vider uh, LCM being the top two in the driver's seat, Lumberton possibly that three spot, but they did get their quarterback back over there in Lumberton. So kind of see what district does. Uh, Huffman and Li- Huffman on the road at Livingston, Little Cypress, Mauriceville, and Vider, big game right there. Uh, locally, Lumberton going to Splendor- uh, and Splendora, and uh, so that kind of breaks that district up. I want to know who draws that district in round one. So it's going to be nine four. Who did Lumberton get last year? That first Chapel round? Hill. No, oh, that was like Livingston had Chapel Hill. That in was the like first third round. or fourth round, wasn't it? Livingston had Chapel Hill in the first round. I did that game. Todd Chapel Hill is ranked number one in state. Yeah, I did that game at A Martin last year. Okay. So, uh, in the first round of the playoffs, so that's they go to that district up there. Yeah. Right. So we can pull them up real quick. That's the matchup that you want, like. You want your first round to be like that. Yeah. I put too many L's in there. You know, another game that I didn't – it's kind of was under the radar that I just now looked at, uh, Laporte at Port Arthur Memorial. That will be a big game. That will be a huge game. So, 9-4-A Division One to get back on where Toby was. You got right. Kilgore, Lindale. They're both 2-0. and Uh – Athens is one and one. Chapel Hill coming off uh, had a bye week. They're one and zero. Henderson zero and one. 
Jacksonville 0-2 and Palestine Wildcats 0-2. Palestine beat Livingston just a couple weeks ago, yeah. right, uh, in a non-district game. So, uh, pre-district game. So, you you look at that, the the four teams that are more or less in the driver's seat, Kilgore, Lindale, Athens, and Chapel so Hill. Tyler Chapel Hill is most likely going to win that. They're going to draw the number four team out of that district with Livingston. Yes. In round one. Yes. So – Point being made is, is Tyler Chapel Hill's going to roll. It's unfortunate some people draw some really tough round ones, and that's one. And of then them. you get that district right there coming out, and you're like, "Yes, sir." Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, that that's going to be tough. Going to be interesting to watch, and, and I feel sorry for that four seed team. Is it really worth being a four seed team to go play Chapel <laughs> yeah. Hill? You get one more week of practice. Yeah, one more week. Get play your underclassmen, I guess. I, I mean, guess. and, and you're experience. looking at you're looking at one of three teams that are winless or more or less winless. Yeah. You got Splendor, Livingston, or Huffman. Yeah, and, and I don't feel like Huffman's going to be there. I think Livingston is going to be. So you think Livingston's going to draw Tyler Chapel Hill again? You know, I, I think so, and I think Livingston's going to take that four C because. Uh, Livingston's a little th- is a lot healthier on the O and the D line. Uh, I feel like that that that's going to be a deciding factor against that Splendor football team. They right. got Splendor at home last game of the season. The downfall to the Livingston Lions is Chevy Peters is out hurt right now. I don't know when he's going to be back, and he's their like go to receiver right. right on the passing game. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Livingston Lions do. Jumping over in nine four A Division two before we wrap this thing up, we've talked about Hampshire Finette. They got Westmore Stark game over there, and Wax Sports Live. Go give them a like, give them a share, jump in on this Pickums. You may be late, but. You won't be forgotten. I think I'm up to number nine in the pickums over there. Oh, so uh, I I had a bad week. I went two and four one week. So did you listen to what did Trent give you advice? Trent gave me advice. Oh, that's <laughs> that is baloney. Trent that, didn't can't do that. Missed a you week and not even me. Hey, that was the week that <laughs> you just heard him. That was the week Trent did not make a pickums. He, oh. he conveniently forgot. He forgot to make them. Yeah, unbelievable. He's like, I'd rather be, I'd rather be O and O than go two and four. Yeah, like Craig's fixing to do. That's exactly what he did. But out yeah, of, that's my thought process. <laughs> out of District Nine Four A Division Two, got Hampshire Finette and Silsby Tigers leading that district. Both of them perfect six and O overall, two and O in district. Silsby on a bye week this week. Uh, West Orange Stark and Hampshire Finette. Big yeah, game they get out to try that. to stop the the air yeah. air traffic. Yes, that's going to be. That'd be good though. I mean, be, that game's that, at West. You never North know Star. what could happen on that one. That game's in hostile territory for Hampshire Finette. Yeah, you never know what could happen on that. I'll be watching that. Jasper Bridge City. That game is in Jasper. Uh, Harden Jefferson have Liberty. Now that's going to be a fun game to watch. That may be worth throwing in the Pickums. Really? Liberty's zero and six. Why would hard, you want to put that in the pickles? Because well, neither one of those neither one of those games teams have won a game. Oh, okay. So you're trying to go for see yeah, who wins. Okay. Yeah, give them guy give them guys a little airtime. You know, who's gonna win it? I'll tell you who I think is gonna win. I've seen Liberty. I have not seen Harden Jefferson. I think Harden Jefferson is gonna If it comes get down the to them kicking a field goal, I can tell you who's gonna win. Liberty. Liberty all day long. That game. All day yeah. long. All day long. That we do know. Yes. That's for sure. Trent, what else you got? Uh, I think we touched on all the ones, the big games this week. A lot of teams on a bye this week. You know what we didn't touch on, and we got to finish the show out on this. 
right, for this week. And, and I'm probably going to have to throw this this game if, if, if my memory serves me right. New Caney is going on the road to Moorhead Stadium in Conroe, Texas, Toby, to face Conroe. Well, we've talked lots about this. Dude, we got me and you got a bag of peanuts bet on this game. Oh, yeah. I got New Caney. You know, Craig's from bet. New Caney, so he's yeah. obviously big on the New Caney Eagles. <laughs> so, and, uh, we're going to wrap it up with this game out of, so, yeah. out of District 13-6A. Just know that I was Conroe favorite in that game. He was. So, I'm he putting was. it out there. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. You got the Woodlands at Cleveland. The Woodlands 4-0. Uh, 4-0. Willis is 4-0. They're going to be at College Park. Uh, you got Oak Ridge. They got Conroe Grand Oaks. Man, Oak Ridge just had their way with Conroe last week. Conroe going to be on the road at New Caney. Caney Creek has got a bye week. So, uh, that's your rundown for District 13-6A. So, we're going to – Trent, we're going to see what Conroe can do against New Caney next, this week, Friday night. It's going to be It's going to be live. We'll see. So just a bag of peanuts? You don't want to make it Well, we got to make that. sure that all the players are healthy. No kids were lost yeah. in grades. Like, there's a lot that goes into yeah, this. Toby's, we can't just Toby's, Craig come back and Conroe get beaten. Just that, we to- got to know what happens. Toby's so we'll worried do about our it. research. He's sweating. He's sweating. We'll do our there. research. He just asked Case to bring him a sweat towel is what he did. He <laughs> he, he signaled to Case, bring me in a towel. I need a Gatorade towel. So, I mean, that's, that's going to be a wrap for this week. Great show, guys. Uh, appreciate y'all taking your time out and uh, coming in, sitting in the hot box here at Texas Podcast Media and uh, getting this uh, getting this underway. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Randy Trubbs. It don't suck, y'all. <laughs> and then leap on over there to Bullfrog, Bullfrog Erosion. And uh, get them guys and Bullfrog Environmental. I said erosion. Bullfrog Environmental. Yeah, they'll take care of your erosion control needs. Got some new commercials uh, put up and going to be in here in the podcast. But don't forget those guys and uh, don't forget to give us a like, give us a share, and hit that subscribe button if you like what I hear, like what you hear. Go to the Five Nine N Sports page, comment on there. Uh, You can email us at info at texaspodcastmedia dot com and or Five Nine N highschoolsports at gmail.com or you can even hit Trent up at anawaxsportslive at gmail.com shoot them emails in we love some fan feedback and uh, other than the audio being kind of sketchy this week uh, other than that it's been great show so uh, appreciate y'all tuning in staying faithful with us and uh, we're going to get over 600 downloads as of uh, this week I feel like so especially when especially when people start hearing about that Tasso talk the officials yeah. i think it's going to spread so uh man for trent hart down there in anawak toby told us here in the hot box i'm craig Irwin. we'll see you at the game bullfrog environmental has 16 years of erosion control experience from silt fence to construction entrances we specialize in it all give us a call at 936-672-3744 or leap over and visit us on the web at bullfrogenvironmental.com Howdy folks, Randy here. At Randy's Rubs, it is our mission to bring you a variety of mouthwatering seasonings that are sure to make the ordinary extraordinary, to make the impossible possible. Creating memories with friends and family is what is most important to us, and we hope to be the cornerstone of your meals, making memories with the ones you love most. As all of you continue on your fall sports journey, Randy's Rubs wishes each of you an incredible season, and may each of you be an All-American. Go check us out on Amazon or at randysrubs.com. It don't suck, y'all.